You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and welcome. Happy Sunday, Reality Ohana and visitors. Uh, so glad that you are joining us here and tuning in to our digital house church here at Reality Honolulu. If you didn't know me, my name is Riz, the pastor here at Reality, and I'm uh, just so blessed that you would join us. Uh, before we get into the Word of God, I just want to remind you of some current announcements that are important that I want to make sure you are aware of. One is just recently we started a midweek in-person time of prayer and fellowship and even some weeks like this coming Wednesday we're going to have worship at it and uh, at 7 p.m. Wednesday nights midweek for those of you that are that can join us um, we'd love to safely gather with you and do this it's been such a joy to see some of your faces these past few weeks and I'm hoping to see you this Wednesday or the following Wednesdays and even this Wednesday if you can't be here in person we had a handful of people uh, Zoom in and kind of participate still. And for those of you that were on Zoom and outside Zoom, and actually worked really well uh, considering. So it's kind of two prayer meetings in one at the same time. And I want to make sure you know that's going on. And all of the info can be found at realityhonolulu.com under the prayer page there. And so love to have you join us. Uh, and also, if you've been seeing our social media or you're subscribed to our email newsletter, we once again, for the third Christmas in a row, have the incredible opportunity to partner with the Children's Justice Center uh, organization here in the state and a nonprofit, the Friends of the Children's Justice Center, to partner with them to come alongside specifically um, keiki in Hawaii in need, uh, whether it's broken homes or whatnot that have experienced just um, abuse. And we're going to come alongside and support them by uh, giving them Christmas gifts, those that don't have them. And so there's a list of gifts online. Uh, Again, if you go to realityhonolulu.com and you click on the Serve tab, you'll find all the information about this. But coming up um, this next weekend, we're going to have a present drop-off. And so there is still a handful of presents that need to be selected. You can pick one uh, to, to, to go buy and wrap and then drop off. Uh, at Aliolani School, at our containers there. And so again, all the info info can be found online, but I just wanna make sure you know that's an incredible service opportunity that we have to bless Hawaii's keiki. And so please go ahead and join in if you can. Um, Mahalo in advance for your generosity. But without further ado, I wanna get into the word of God and allow God to minister to us. Let me pray for that time. Father, so thankful and grateful for you and who you are and what you've done for us. And especially this season, this this Thanksgiving and Christmas season, this holiday season, despite all that's happening, we pray that you would make us an extremely grateful people. That we'd be thankful for who you are and what you've done for us, despite our circumstances. So Holy Spirit, would you minister to us through your word and have your way with us this morning? We invite you into our homes or wherever we're listening or watching this right now that we would experience the tangible manifest presence of God. 
pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, with Thanksgiving coming, I felt led to spend our time this morning talking about gratitude. And especially now, we may, um, we may be having trouble being grateful or we don't feel like it. Because let's be honest, like for many of us, it's been really hard to be thankful this year and this holiday season. And it's just been a rough year. There's been a lot of loss. There's been a lot of pain and confusion and division and heartbreak. And it's been a long season, right? We're not over. We're still in it. And Thanksgiving and Christmas may look a lot different. And so not like normal years. It isn't that we're just naturally super joyful and grateful. I'm sure for a lot of us, it's really hard and we're struggling. We have been and we are struggling with being thankful. But as Christians, we should have a tension with that. We should have a tension. We, sh- we should kind of go, oh, I don't, I don't think that's right though or good or shouldn't I be? Like, there should be kind of a, an internal tension going on in us. I'm sure there is for many of us. And that's because Part of being a follower of Jesus and a believer in our creator and father God is that thankfulness and gratitude should mark us. And scripture tells us that over and over a bunch of times, right? Psalm 106.1 says, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12, tells us, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. Right? Psalm 69. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Right? The book of Chronicles. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. It goes on, Psalm 9-1. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And 1 Thessalonians 5-8. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All right, those are just a few, but let's just look at the last one for a second. First. Thessalonians 5, 8, because that is exactly where the tension lies. Give thanks in all circumstances. Everything that has happened, that is happening, and will happen this COVID 2020 season is a part of that. You're like, whoa, I don't know if I'm thankful for everything. I don't know if I'm thankful for much. But then it goes on to say, this isn't just something good to do or... Uh, That's just what you should do. You should be thankful despite it. It's actually God's will for us. God's plan. God's design that we would be thankful in all circumstances. That thankfulness would mark us despite what's going on in our life and in the world around us. So what is the secret to that? Because that's not easy. That's not normal or natural, and there's a tension that lies there. 
what's the secret? And, and for us, maybe it's the most relevant to us right now that we need to figure out. Right? How can we be genuinely grateful and walk in thankfulness during this year specifically? And I think a lot of what we can learn, or a lot we can learn, especially in the, this area, comes from the author of most of uh, the authors of most of the verses I just read us. And most of the book of Psalms and most of the New Testament letters that we just read are written by David, right? King David of the Old Testament and the Apostle Paul, which we were introduced to in the book of Acts that we've been studying. The verses I just read on the theme of thankfulness absolutely are a major theme of King David and the Apostle Paul. And if you know anything about each of their lives is that they weren't anything easy or peaceful or always blessed. They actually were filled with tragedy and sin and hardship and trials and persecution and a lot of bad years. But despite all of that, they both lived with this deep sense of gratitude and thankfulness in Christ. And we see that very clearly in the poems, the worship songs, and the letters written by both of them. So again, what's the secret to it? How can they be this way and how can we live in this also? Right? Where does thankfulness begin? That's the first thing I want to talk about. Where, do, where does true thankfulness begin? Well, it begins first in knowing and believing in who God is and what Jesus did for us upon the cross. It's believing and receiving who God is and, and the gift of the cross that it is to us, the forgiveness of our sins. And if you remember, for Paul specifically, we so vividly saw this on the road to Damascus in the book of Acts with his conversion experience. If you remember, Paul was far from God. He actually was on a mission to go arrest and kill Christians and try to end the church just as it started. And on his way to do this, God, by his grace, by an undeserved gift, he didn't deserve it at all, but God, by his grace, this undeserved gift, stopped Paul in his tracks and met him and radically saved and redeemed him and forgave him. And from that moment on, the entirety of Paul's life, he could not stop talking about this very grace that was extended to him to be saved. And what it did time and time again and year after year was ground him in gratefulness. You see, Paul wasn't just a grateful dude and a thankful man because he compared his life to others. Like, I'm grateful because I have more than them. Or my life is better. Or, uh, you know, my circumstances are, are better than yours. 
and don't get me wrong, doing that can help, right? We, we should right, be thankful for everything we have, whether, whether we have a little or a lot, like it's all a gift from God. Of course we should be thankful. But the stuff we have in our circumstances is never meant to be the primary source of our gratefulness, right? It'll help, but it isn't lasting. And what it does is it makes it all about the stuff, the gifts and not the giver. But if we give ourselves to Paul's example and allow it to teach us, what we'll see is the primary source of a grateful heart, despite circumstances, is really knowing our own despair and how absolutely incredible it is for what Christ did for us upon the cross and the gift, the undeserved gift of grace that he gives us in it. Paul, in the church, to, to a letter to the church in Ephesus said, in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by what grace you've been saved through your faith. You, be, you believe, but God extended the grace. It's not of ourselves. Don't don't mistake that we did not do this, but it's a gift of God, an undeserved, graceful gift. It's not a result of our works so that no one may boast. For Paul, he was well aware of the depths of his own sin and his distance from God, and he was well aware at the same time of the grace of that was extended to what he would call the chief of sinners. He would, he would say that about himself. He was well aware of the grace that the chief of sinners experienced. And that, that grace and the awareness of what that grace did for him was never far for him or lost upon him. Hear this. Paul was well acquainted with gratitude because he was well acquainted with grace. Let me say it again. Paul was well acquainted with gratitude because he was well acquainted with grace. And so in order to know true gratitude, we need to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior and what he did for us. And knowing that grace produces that gratefulness. But again, it does not stop there. How do we stay in that? That's initially, that's at conversion. But, but how do we stay grounded in gratefulness and in this grace? And that's the second point. How do we stay grounded in thankfulness? Well, we do that by regularly reflecting upon it and creating and cultivating rhythms on which we're still before the Lord, that we remove ourselves from distractions and busyness and we regularly and constantly recall the daily grace God gives us. To be aware of not only the grace that He gives us at conversion, but that He extends us on a daily 
frequency. And that's where the life of David can be used as an example for us. You see, for David, the most significant time he experienced grace wasn't only when he first believed and followed the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But one of the most significant times in his life would be the grace that he experienced and he received from God after he fell into sin with Bathsheba and Uriah, her husband. Right? He's king. He commits adultery with Bathsheba, a married woman. He kills her husband, Uriah, to cover it up. It obviously doesn't work. And he had to sit with the consequences of his sin, rebellion, and pain caused to others. And it was in the moments following this, after he confessed and repented that he sinned against God, it was during and right after he hit rock bottom, right? A king and a scandal and a fall, a wave of destruction and pain. It was in that time that David would go on. It was during and right after that time that David would go on to have a deep sense of of gratitude and thankfulness that no future experience would take away. It was the grace that God extended to him to forgive him, to repair, to heal, to redeem his constant failings, his constant mess-ups. It was the daily grace God extended to David during one of the roughest times in his life, perhaps his 2020, that he learned what it meant to be truly grateful. And what we see is that David constantly was reminding himself and the community around him, the saints, all of us, by poems, songs, and words, which we have in the book of Psalms and other places, but they constantly remind David and company of God's everlasting and abundant and continued grace. David had regular rhythms and times in his life that reminded him of God's grace. And by doing this, by having these regular rhythms, by being disciplined and intentional and, and, and constantly being reminded of grace, walking in grace continued gratefulness. Walking in grace continued gratefulness. So for us today, I want to look at the example of Paul. I want to look at the example of David. I want us to learn and, and be taught, maybe, maybe be given some practical steps to be grateful in 2020. Just a few, some, some practical ways for us as a church, as a people living in our current context to walk in gratefulness might be this. Number one. None of this matters before that conversion experience. 
We need to know Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Not just be religious, not just tune into church, but to have a personal relationship with the God who saved us. To trust Him. To repent of our sins. To ask for forgiveness that we've lived a life apart from God. And we surrender and say, God, I want my sins to be forgiven. I want my relationship with you to be repaired. I want you to be Lord and I want to live for you now. For a lot of us, we've done that. But maybe for some of us listening to this, we haven't. And that is offered to you today. It's offered to everyone all the time. This is what God did. He sent His Son, Jesus, to die upon the cross through His grace. Not that we deserved for Him to do that, but because He loves us and wants to be with us. And He no longer wants sin and rebellion and selfishness to to be a part of our life, but He wants a relationship with us that can only be given through forgiveness of sins upon the cross. You can do that right now where you're at. You can pray that. You can, you can just talk to God out loud in the quietness of your heart with someone next to you. You can email, text, call us as a church. We'd love to talk with you more about that. But that is first and foremost in order to experience any form of true and lasting gratefulness. It's to receive first the grace of God unto salvation, to be saved from and forgiven of our sins. Once that happens, once you do that, once you are a professing Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, we need to build in regular practices and rhythms and be intentional and disciplined to regularly remind us of God's grace. Not only the grace that saved us, but the daily grace that forgives us and heals us and redeems us and restores us. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, if you're single, you're married, have kids, what age you are. This takes discipline. This takes intentionality. It's not just going to come to you. We're We're all busy despite our life stages. We all will fill our time if we're not careful. But just like David, just like Paul, there was rhythms. Whether it be mornings or evenings, whether it be worship, whether it be prayer, whether it be stillness, silence and solitude, there was regular times, free of a phone, free of a computer, free of other people, where they sat and were with the Lord and experienced the Lord and were reminded of God's grace. Church, Especially right now. Let's be intentional. Let's be disciplined and creative in how we regularly recall God's grace in our lives. Before our time of worship that we're going to enter into right now, I want to end with reading a song of thanksgiving by David. It's written here in 1 Chronicles 16. Uh, and I, I want to allow you to just let this speak to you and wash over you. And once again, see the gratitude that wells up in him and know that the only reason, it's not that David was any special or any different than us, but he was well acquainted with the grace of God that saved and forgave and loved him.
So here it is, 1 Chronicles 16, and I'll pray and we'll enter into worship. It says this, David, write his song. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Remember the wonders he has performed. His miracles and his rulings he has given. You children of his servant Israel, you descendants of Jacob, his holy ones. He is the Lord our God. His justice is seen throughout the land. Remember his covenant forever, the commitment he made to a thousand generations. Verse 23. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deed among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he's done. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. O nations of the world. Recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring your offering and come into His presence. Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before Him. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. Cry out, save us, O God of our salvation. Gather and rescue us from among the nations so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people shouted, Amen, and praise the Lord. Wow, God. You are good and you are worthy to be praised. And there is so much, despite what's going on, to be grateful for. God, where we're at, listening, hearing this with our family, with our roommates, with our kids, with our spouses, I pray that gratefulness and thankfulness would mark our homes this season. Despite of the loss and hardship, that the things around us would not dictate our gratefulness, but your grace would. That we'd be reminded of what you saved us from and what you continually do in our lives daily. Would you do that for us as a church and a people? Make us a grateful and a thankful people. God, would you help us to be disciplined and, th- and, and, and intentional to not just recall this now, but to build these reminders, 
to regularly be reminded of your grace in our lives so that we can be a grateful people. Pray that you would anoint this time of worship, that your, your presence would fill our homes. We do want to praise you and exalt you in the way that David speaks of. So as we hear these lyrics, we see them on the screen, pray that you would be exalted, that we would praise you in our homes now because you are worthy. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.